0: got made the greatest intercontinental champion of all time and you're listening
1: to Chris and Mike on Wrestle welcome to another episode of Wrestle Shock I'm your host Chris Vent and on the end of the Skype telephone is
0: WrestleShock, we we still do this we still do yes, this uh, podcast?
1: yes yes, you're meant to introduce yourself. You. Oh I
0: guess that I guess that makes me Mike Lacey.
1: Yeah. So it's been a while <laughs> since Mike and I have actually talked on this. Obviously we do um, another podcast which um, Mike will promote later on. But how have you been, Mike, and more importantly, how has the world of wrestling been to you?
0: I've been excellent, getting ready for the holiday season and uh, to be honest with you, the world of wrestling hasn't been uh, too bad.
1: Yeah, it's been alright, so uh, we're a little bit behind the times here, but not so much so, so we're going to go over um, the Survivor Series pay-per-view, what's coming up in the TLC, there's been a couple of matches announced, uh, maybe what matches we could see happening there then, Um, but before we get started, obviously, if you live in the UK... um, Silvervision are stopping producing the um, WWE DVDs from uh, December 31st. Now, fear not, if you head over to www.wwedvd.co.uk, uh, you will notice that Fremantle Media Enterprises are the people who are actually going to be um, doing the DVDs from January 2013. So you can actually enter your email address, submit the form, and they'll actually send you emails whenever they've actually got like DVDs and and stuff so I'm just going to read out the thing from their website so it's Fremantle Enterprises uh, in brackets FME the new official licensee for WWE home entertainment product throughout Europe Middle East and Africa is to announced at the upcoming launch of DVD.co.uk in January 2013 this website will offer both new release and back catalog titles on DVD and Blu-ray to receive more information updates about this exciting new website and WWE home entertainment products please register your email address below which i've just said um fme can also announce the first new release titles for 2013 to be released on both dvd and blu-ray um so night of champions 2012 is the 21st of january a week later is hell in a cell 2012 on the 4th of february is the top 100 raw raw moments um on the 18th of february is the attitude area which um obviously mike is lucky enough to get in the states right now. Um Live in the UK November two thousand twelve is twenty fifth of February. Best pay per view matches 4th of March. Survivor series two thousand twelve, eleventh of March and TLC um is twenty fifth of March. Now there's the Live in the UK is only on D V D and it says, we would like to thank you for the continued support and hope you enjoy www.dvd.co.uk, the new home for WWE, DVD and Blu-ray. So, Mike, is, there, um, is the Attitude Era one that you'll be picking up then?
0: Yeah, I'm just kind of in a holding pattern right now where I'm not buying a whole lot for myself because you never know what Santa Claus is going to bring and put in my stocking.
1: That is true. That is true. <laughs> yes. Um, so... Mike, um, before we go over Survivor Series and stuff, um, what did you think of the build up going into Survivor Series obviously there was a whole Team Punk Team Foley thing that changed that around um, What did, were you more excited about the Punk Foley thing or did it work out okay in the end for you
0: um, I was more excited about the Punk and Foley thing only because huh, <clears throat> I thought it would be better I'm really big on this whole Punk streak um, and I thought that they kind of missed a trick here where they probably could have went through Survivor Series and through TLC. Um, they had an opportunity to go through those two pay per views, go to the end of the year without having him defend the title on, um, on pay per view. I thought they could have, it would have worked out perfectly if they had put him into the 5 on 5 elimination match where he didn't have to actually put the title on the, on the line, but he would still be featured. Oh, you know, all of the, uh, the people involved in that angle would still be able to be involved in a match and still be on on pay-per-view. Um for me, I would have kept the 5 on 5 the way it was, uh Punk versus Foley, and then I would have had Punk versus Foley at TLC. I know that you're not a big fan of that. No. But um I think that would have been a good way to continue the streak um in a heelish way where, you know, he he could be you know bragging about you know as we saw on the uh, the the post Survivor Series Raw where the you know he had the whole celebration for the year long for the year long reign and whatnot. I think it would have come across really heelish if he had been able to have the celebration, um, continue the streak without actually being defending the title on the line and stuff like that. I think that would have worked out well for the way that his character is going right now. Mm-hmm. And then you could have went right into the Rumble where you know he's at like you know i don't know how long it'll be by the time he hits the rumble 400 and something
1: days or so yeah 365 so yeah it should be about 400 odd days yeah
0: and the only yeah. thing i think that if they were good if they were going to fool around with the they should have waited to announce the match if they were going to kind of uh hedge their bets and then decide to make a change uh into the triple threat match that we actually got if they mm-hmm. had thought for a second there that they wanted to make it Team Ziggler, or if they thought for a second that they wanted to remove Punk from the match and stuff like that, um, maybe they should have just held off on announcing it to begin with.
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree there. I admit, a lot of people, myself included, were like, oh, Team Punk, you know, as soon as they brought out the members of Team Punk, you were like, right, I could pretty much tell you who's going to be in Foley's team, you know, and was 100% accurate in that and then obviously they changed it up it was team Ziggler and then obviously Cody Rhodes got injured with that horrible backdrop that he took and landed on the shoulder um, did you actually see that? Yeah, yeah he- I,
0: mean, I hope he's not out for too long
1: no, um, uh, nice of him to, um, go on Twitter and thank David Sandow for saving his career because Cody was meant to tag in in the match and Sandai wouldn't actually let him and just, you know, went on through the match. So that was high class of him indeed. Uh, so then obviously he was replacing a lot of people saying, oh, it's Tensei and it was actually David Otunga, which I actually called and said it would be Otunga, <laughs> who, um... Just didn't really do much in that match, and I actually thought we'd be first eliminated. But we'll go through the card here, first of all. Now, obviously, on the pre show, if you watch this, um, <laughs> now this there was one thing here that made me laugh. Um, I just watched like the two minute video on YouTube, um, after it was finished, which was uh, 3MB, which was Ginger Mahal and Heath Slater versus Team Cobro. <laughs> I'm hating these amalgamated words here like that. Um, <laughs> But obviously Drew McIntyre had taken time off um, due to the death of his mother. And instead of saying that, they said that Drew McIntyre, while the, the WWE was over in Europe, he was scouting around arenas for the 3MB to book gigs, which <laughs> I thought was the flimsiest <laughs> excuse ever. I showed it to my friend Chris Hill, Mr. Big Red, 1990, and he was just in kinks. Um, a bit of a nothing match here, so what do you think of that? Uh, did you watch it?
0: No, I didn't see the, the pre-show, because I guess it's... What available on uh, YouTube and Facebook and, and, and whatnot. Um, so I tend to not really watch any of the pre-show matches. Um, but as far as 3MB, I, I know a lot of people are really high on them. Um, I just think it's terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even think it's funny. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> right, okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, those there's, there's three guys have absolutely... I, I guess what makes it funny is the, the three of them have absolutely nothing in common whatsoever and and they just seem to be a thrown together mismatch of the the, the strangest combination but um the whole air guitar and everything i like just uh i don't know it looks like it's like a like a like a car crash
1: i think heath slater and Drew McIntyre pull it off well I think Jinder Mahal just looks Jinder Mahal is like the Brutus Clay of that group he just looks really <laughs> really uncomfortable and he just doesn't know what to do I think if you were to have those two and then have the Funkadactyls as their backing dancers I think that would be hilarious and I think that may be the route they go once Brutus turns heel but enough on that, that there so we had the um, a match um, that kind of wasn't announced which was Rey Mysterio Sin Cara Brodus Clay Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd against the primetime players Tensai Primo and Epico in the traditional Survivor Series match now um, this was a good match don't get me wrong but um, there was one big botch that didn't actually come from <laughs> Sin Cara which was whenever Brodus Clay went to lift up Tensai and Tensai fell flat on his face
0: that was so bad
1: um, it's not the first time that Tensei seems to be dropped, obviously Ryback couldn't get him up for the shell shock um, Alan showed me videos of him in Japan and the same kind of things happened, so whether it's just him being lazy I don't know, but um, <laughs> obviously some great spots here from the likes of Justin Gabriel, Tyson Kidd but um, obviously uh, just Gabriel didn't hit his 450 splash which was um, quite disappointing but um, Brodus first eliminated. We kind of shocked by that.
0: No, I kind of assumed that uh, that Brodus Clay and, and Tensai were, were going to be the first two eliminated, and it's kind of how the way it went. Um, a- after that, we kind of got into the uh, the Tyson Kidd part of the show, and I thought Tyson Kidd really carried this match. Um, I, th- I thought that uh, that he hit a lot of uh, a lot of the high uh, high flying spots. And I really, I, I, I marked out when he hit when he put the sharpshooter onto uh, onto Epico.
1: Did you hear what uh, JPL said whenever he did that?
0: No, what did he say?
1: He I said, mean, I'm, "I'm sure I heard, I just forgot." But he said, "Oh, great, another sharpshooter in Survivor Series. Brett's bound to be pleased with that."
0: Oh yeah, he brought up the screw job. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, JPL seemed to get away with a lot of stuff. I think it was then he was saying about the Carlos Colon still owing him money, which obviously (laughs) had had done well. But yeah, I think I I totally agree with you. I think Tyson Kidd um, did brilliantly in this. Um, But it's a shame that those two don't get pushed more on TV.
0: I think that they they might end up after this because they put on such a good show. Um, It does seem like they're putting more emphasis on the tag team division. so I, I think that this might be their chance to to shine. This showed that they could carry a match. Um, both uh, both uh, Gabriel and Kid and Primo and Epico were really well uh, did really well in this match. So I think that that might be a bit of um, a launching pad, maybe
1: mm-hmm.
0: for going forward.
1: Launching pad for Air Force or United <laughs> Air Force or whatever the heck they're called. Um, I think Sin Cara, This was probably the best match that I'd actually seen Sankara do in quite some time. I'm going to sneeze here, so if I do, I'll just mute my microphone. So if I just stay silent, you know why. <laughs> um, would you agree with that? I mean, um, obviously, there seems to be a, um, the emphasis on Mysterio and Zinkara leading up to a possible WrestleMania feud with, um, apparently, us all getting masks and being in the Guinness World Records for the most masks worn at a live event or some nonsense like that. Is it a tag team that you're kind of... Invested in, or would you levitate more to like Justin, just Justin Gabriel Tyson Kid or primetime players that kind of thing?
0: Um, yeah, I definitely have a more of a favoritism to those two, but I don't have a problem with uh, with Sin Cara and and Rey Mysterio. I really wish that they had left Hunico be Sincara. Um <laughs> He was much better in the ring. Um, I think that he that Sin Cara really just needs more more work.
1: Yeah. Um I think that's at least they why... eliminated
0: his at least they eliminated his launching pad entrance.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um I think that's why they paired him with Mysterio. Obviously Mysterio is getting towards the the winding down of his career now um needs to be put in tag team um matches, you know, to kind of help him out and Sin Cara obviously needs somebody there to kind of guide him, you know. Um there were some moves was it this match or another match that I was saying to Alan, it almost looks like Tejeri because he did the springboard elbow, he did the tarantula, and he did a couple other things, and I was like, is that Tejeri under that mask? Maybe <laughs> it is, maybe that's why he hasn't, because he was actually able to stand on the top rope for a couple of seconds, whereas normally it's a case He'll of... Hold his
0: balance a little bit. Yeah, is
1: he actually going to fall into the ring, or out of the ring, or is he going to fall on his head? You know, there <laughs> is... Sin Cara is the one person, whenever I watch wrestling, I genuinely fear for his opponent, especially if his opponent if his opponent's tensile and he's trying to lift him, God knows what'll happen there. <laughs> <laughs> it's be ridiculous, but um, obviously um, then we see eliminations, obviously Primo Epico, um primetime players, we see like all their finishing moves all get done and on one fell swoop, which was which was kinda neat. Um Tyson Kidd with the the elbow from the outside, which was kind of cool. Um, and then we had Rey Mysterio, and Cara just Gabriel and Tyson Kidd all the survivors on that team and pretty good match to start off the show I would have to admit um, yeah now we have um, Caitlyn walking backstage uh, she gets attacked by somebody wearing a WWE 13 hoodie which is nice and apparently you can buy it now um, and somebody wearing a blonde wig and a like Xana uh, who's actually uh, attacked her um, obviously in one of the pay-per-views she got attacked and then it was Leila versus Eve or Eve, whatever it was I, I don't really pay much attention to the Divas matches uh, bar the entrances um, but uh, Eve comes out and says says something she pushes Eve down and then those two have a match um, which seems to go on quite a bit Um and a very good showing for Caitlin, but at the end of the day, Eve wins because she tricks her out into the apron, pulls the apron, and then she kind of slides down, and then Eve goes to cover and let's just say her hands seem to do a wander on her stomach and onto her chest area, <laughs> and uh, covers her, and she's doing the whole Madison Rain, the whole wavy Thing no, yeah, I understood why wave. she. I understood why she did that whenever she was in England because I thought she was taking the mick out of the Queen. But it seems to be she's done that now. Even Madison Rain has acknowledged that on Twitter and said, you know, um, what was it like imitation is a serious form of flattery? So thanks, <laughs> Eve, or something like that. Um, was this something you watched, Mike, or was this something you gone and done something else? That was the that
0: because because. Uh, because I worked so early in the morning, I, w- I watch all the pay-per-views on, on my DVR and this was the fast-forward moment.
1: Yeah, well, um, <laughs> we did fast-forward it and I'll, it'll be overnight. No. It'll be overnight. No. It'll be... No! Just wait until we see a pen and I'll wind it back a it. And then I did that and it's just like, right, okay, well Eve's still... I think Caitlin, Caitlin shows a lot of promise. Um, um, I do like Caitlin. I think she's... She needs work on the microphone, obviously. Um, but she did, did take
0: that nasty. She did take that nasty bump when you uh, pulled the ring apron out from under her. Though I thought originally I thought yeah. that was a botch. Mm-hmm. But um, going back when they showed the, the replay of it, it, that's what she definitely meant to do. But that was pretty nasty.
1: Yeah, um, I could with her building stuff. It almost looks like she, she kind of Tristratus Stratus and Beth Phoenix kind of put together um but i i do like her ring work i think she's quite a nice looking lady as well so <laughs> i'm all for it so um was it the next night in raw we saw caitlin versus Axana, and Axana had a zip across her chest area which is like why would you have that there i don't know <laughs> but anyway um then we had the united states champion um yeah i'm pumping the air while i'm saying that antonio cesaro um against r-truth um I know a lot of people are really over on Cesaro but honestly I, I'm not I, I don't like him I, I hate R-Truth more if truth be told like whenever he was on Raw and he said you know I'm going to take a page you know like out of li- not little Jimmy but another Jimmy Hacksaw Jimmy Duggan it's like <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's never been called Hacksaw Jimmy Duggan <laughs> in his whole career um, and then started chatting USA and in this match here and Tony Cesaro beat R-Truth Um, Again, was it something you... um, What are your thoughts on Cesaro and R-Truth, and did you enjoy this match?
0: See, I'm the opposite of you. I actually do like Cesaro. Um, I don't like his, you know, five languages gimmick thing and (laughs) and whatnot. I I wish he would kind of go away from that. But um, as far as his work in the ring, I think he's really good. Um, I've seen some of his ROH work. um, And if he was allowed to... If he was allowed to work that way, um, I think he would get over much more and much more easily in the WWE um, because he's very technical, uh, He's very good. A lot he, he has a lot of uh, does a lot of mat work, um, and you saw a lot of that in this match. Um, as far as Truth, I like Truth. Um, he's kind of starting to wear on me. I think I I really like Truth when he first flipped the switch here to the crazy gimmick um, back before Capital Punishment. I guess last year. When um when he was getting that main event push against John Cena, um like like the time he he came out in the Civil War garb, and uh <laughs> and and did the whole uh did the whole shtick with Triple H, uh that it was really over for me then um he was really over at that point, but it's kind of just dragged on too long. I don't know how much further you can go along with you know an imaginary friend gimmick. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean I I'm like t- the fact that he's crazy, but it worked better when he was a heel um, as opposed to once he's turned face
1: yeah oh no I totally agree with you I mean some of the uh, obviously he was uh, K-Quick you know getting rowdy and all that there whenever right. he first came in the WWE um, I I kind of I agree with you you know like I liked whenever he team with the Miz but I think that's where our truth is best is whenever he's with somebody else like um, him and Kofi Kingston seem to do you know like do great tag matches and things like that, but I think you need to pair R Truth with somebody. I think R Truth isn't a real good mid carter in my opinion. I think he is somebody that you need to tag somebody with, um, whether it's Hornswoggle or whatever, I don't know. Um that would be a great <laughs> that would be a great idea that, you know, like little Jimmy was Hornswoggle and just nobody could see him. And he <laughs> said you know, like that's what his first name is Jimmy Hornswoggle or something stupid like that. Um, so we have then going on from that match we have Team Ziggler which was the team captain obviously Dolph Ziggler Alberto Del Rio Weird Barrett who replaced The Miz who then went to Team Foley Damon Sandai, and David Otunga um, against Team Foley which was the tag team champions Team Hell No which was Kane and Daniel Bryan The Miz and Intercontinental Champion Kofi Kingston and of course um, did I say Randy Orton? well Randy Orton in case <laughs> I didn't say him um Kind of mishmash of personalities and a mishmash of um, uh, personalities and talent here. Um, I was delighted to see Weird Barrett throwing into the mix. I, obviously, with me being from Northern Ireland, part of the UK, big fan of Barrett. Um, I've started to grow to like Sandi. Sandi is just fantastic. I love the way he holds the microphone like he's holding a uh, glass of wine. <laughs> um, Ziggler you know I think pretty much everyone's up on Ziggler Um, Del Rio I I really used to like and now the problem with me with Del Rio is he seems to be stuck in too many feuds that last too long you know like how many matches have we seen him have with Sheamus Orton Cena say you know that kind of thing it needs to be a case I want to see him in a new feud you know right. that kind of thing um, and then obviously we see The Miz going to team Foley um, this is kind of where Miz kind of tr- makes a transition the baby face um, although he kind of had the feeling you know as he go to screw them over I said to Alan I have a funny feeling that he is going to be you know he's going to be a sole survivor and then like lie down for Ziggler to pin him and then he could say he helped Ziggler win um, but you know, what were your thoughts of like? Obviously, the 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 Ziggler, if I can get my words right, the Ziggler team was kind of like a mishmash of the Punk team, and then we had people going from here to here. Um, what were your thoughts on the overall gelling of the team and the promos leading up to that?
0: Well, speaking of promos, how about the uh, the promo we had uh, a, a couple a couple of matches uh, before this? with um, Foley trying to get the team to, to have a... Uh, hunt, a bang, bang, bang on
1: three. And uh, Orton just goes, I hate you. Yeah, that means he's ready. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, it's like Orton, I love you, just for saying that to Mick Foley. Um, I totally agree with you, because then Daniel Bryan was the only one who went, bang, bang. It's like, okay,
0: right. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, as far as the team's concerned, I thought that this was probably... Uh, it exceeded my expectations. Um, I didn't know what to make of. I didn't know what the match was going to be um, with so many people just kind of thrown into it. Uh-huh. Um, I know the Miz was originally going to be on uh, Team Punk slash Team Ziggler, um, yeah. and then he made the trade, um, and then we had a tonga, you know going in in replacement uh, of Cody Rhodes. So as far as how the match was going to turn out, um, with as many people in it that weren't originally in it or had been taken off of it and now resubmitted into it, I didn't know how it was going to work. Mm-hmm. I thought it was done. I thought it was done really well. Um, I was definitely happy to see. I'm happy to see the Miz kind of doing this slow face turn because, yeah, he's on the face team. Um, and obviously, the crowd is kind of getting behind him as a face because they're the ones that chose for, for him to be the replacement. Um, yeah. But he's still not acting. He's still not acting face like. Um, you know, like he he wouldn't tag with with Orton at the beginning of the match. It's more and, like
1: of an Austin kind of face, right. if you think of it that way.
0: I, I, exactly. Um, but uh, in, in the main, I thought it was really good. I'm I'm real high on Sandow as well. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder... Alan actually.
1: Alan actually bought I think Sandow's t-shirt, and I have the Cody Rhodes Are they one. Your, so the I "You're said, welcome." One. Yeah. So I said, to him, <laughs> him, what we have to do is I have to shake your hand, and you have to do a cartwheel."
0: <laughs> I'll so, pay to see that.
1: <laughs> look for that on YouTube. It'll just be the camera flipping over, just in a in a full circle. <laughs> but it'll be funny.
0: Uh, but I, I thought it was. I thought the match was really good. Um, Survivor Series is. Right after the Royal Rumble, Survivor Series is my next favorite pay per view of the year, um, All right, okay. and mainly because of the elimination matches. Um, I wish that they would get back to them. The fact that we had two on this card um, made me happy because I, we weren't expecting that first one, and it ended up being a really good match. So mm-hmm. I was pre- I was pretty happy to to see that match, and then this is the match that I was looking forward to the most, and it didn't it didn't disappoint. Um, I love the fact. Um, I like Barrett um, and the way that... I wish that he would go... I like the bare-knuckle fighter gimmick. Yeah. But he doesn't seem to be as ruthless as he was before he went out on injury. If that kind of makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. Even the fact that he's changed his moveset um, and he's gone away from doing Wasteland, I kind of wish he would go back to that because it's a much more punishing finisher. Um, Yeah. But I... uh,
1: There's no much... You know, like, you don't see the bar- barrage, so to speak, you know, in my opinion. You know, like, it was a case of, you know, he'd do a couple of moves and then, you know, you know, he'd gear up the waist down, But whether it's a case of... was he... What, did he have a shoulder injury or... Yeah,
0: something? I think he dislocated his shoulder.
1: That's maybe why. That's maybe why he doesn't want to pick somebody up and then throw them down. He doesn't want to, you know... I think it's something that we will say say again, but I think it's maybe he's come back from injury and he's maybe a bit cautious about doing that, you know, and then you look at Cena, who has like so many arm injuries, and now he's got a leg injury, which is the biggest first ever, um, <laughs> but it's a case of, you know, you don't see him doing too many um, moves with his arm, you know, that kind of thing, but... Um, I know what you're getting at, but it's just a case of whether we see that again, whether he just needs to get a bit more confidence in the ring to actually start doing that again.
0: And we we definitely seen some progression here uh, as far as the few that he's getting into now with uh, with Kofi Kingston because he eliminated Kofi uh, in this match. Um, but I, I think it would be... I think it would be better suited for. I would like to see Barrett move further up the card. I don't think that. Um, I think he might be a little bit wasted in the intercontinental picture.
1: Yeah. I, uh, oh, I definitely. I would love to see Barrett. If Seamus won the world heavyweight championship again, I would love to see those two go at it.
0: Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, Team Hell No is, is always gold. Uh, I love their love their interaction. I don't know where is how-
1: Doctor Shelby though. Where is he?
0: He's disappeared. I don't... he's just completely gone and, and and he was such a key part yeah. to uh you know to to that whole the whole setup of, of that angle
1: yeah because um, i thought that he would be the one teaching anger management and he'd be the first one to snap because you saw traces of what we're like no shush and they'd be like okay what we do here kian and daniel <laughs> is we do this um but yeah they're like the skit backstage where he's talking to kian and then daniel bryan appears from out of a box <laughs> at some stage and then they go like no and then daniel bryan just completely flips but i have think
0: you've seen the uh have you seen the hug it out t-shirts yet
1: Yes, I have the <laughs> one that has. It's like the is rainbow? that the one that has like the, the little goat and the little like cane?
0: Well, it's got it's got a uh, it's got a rainbow, um, and on either side of the rainbow is uh, Daniel Bryan and Kane, and there it's like um like a drawing.
1: Yes, yes, I have seen that, and then in the back <laughs> it says like yes, and then it's scribbled over no. <laughs> and it's, yeah, i on it. Yeah, I've seen them, and I thought like that was one they were doing like a four-hour. Like twenty percent off, and I was kind of looking at that, going, "That is kind of cool." And I was like, <laughs> "No, I don't want to." Um, I think it's that,
0: cool. I don't know if I could wear it, but I think, but I think it's funny.
1: Oh, yeah, I think you could. I always <laughs> buy it, and then you could wear it. At WrestleMania. There you go. There's your WrestleMania t-shirt sorted for you.
0: I already have my WrestleMania t-shirt sorted. Oh, what's that? It's my "Have a Nice Day" t-shirt.
1: Ugh. I prefer Wario's saying, which was have a rotten day. But anyway, (laughs) carry on, Mike. I know why I didn't bring you on the show as much, but anyway. (laughs) Burn. Boom. Um,
0: I I think that um, basically at at, at the end of the match we have Ziggler as the sole survivor. And I think that really strengthens his position. Um, I think it made him definitely look strong because... Orton is kind. Of, they you know they kept pushing that. That Randy Orton is, you know, basically in every Survivor Series match that he's been in, he's been the sole survivor. He's been the sole survivor. He's been the sole survivor. Yeah. And, and then to have, uh, to have, uh, to have Ziggler be the sole survivor, I, I think that's definitely shows that they have the confidence to do something with him and, and kind of push him further. I know he's got the Money in the Bank, but this on top of that to put him over Orton. Um, I, I think is it kind of cements that
1: mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on Orton uh, I know a lot of people myself included think that he's becoming very stale um, he's very he's, boring yes yes that would probably be the, you know like a lot of people call him Randy Borton now <laughs> um, to say that he's very boring you know I, I, like I know that Cena has Cena I'm starting to gravitate a bit more to I'm starting to not hate Cena's matches Uh, I've always respected Cena as like um, you know as a person I think the stuff that he does for the Make-A-Wish Foundation is terrific and I've never dissed him on that but I have on his wrestling skills or the lack thereof but I think it seems to be now there's a switch you know like I think a lot of people are saying that now Orton's become very boring and would enjoy a lot more of Cena's work would that be uh, a fair thing to say?
0: Orton is very boring, very plain. Um, and at least with Cena, Cena knows what he is. At mm-hmm. least he can come out and, and do a promo making fun of himself, uh, you know, knowing that the uh, that the the fan base says you know he only has the five moves and and, 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 and all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, at, at least he doesn't pretend to be something that he's not. Um, he knows exactly what he is. He knows that he is, um, that he's there for the kids um and, and, and all that kind of stuff. He he doesn't try to pretend that he's the best uh you know in ring worker and, and that kind of thing. So where I think Orton is the is the opposite. I think Orton kind of has his head stuck up his own backside <laughs> yes. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't um, know that. And especially, you know, after this whole suspension that he had uh and whatnot, I think that he kind of at least it, it seemed to me that he had this idea that, oh, well, as soon as I get back from my suspension, I'm going to get pushed right back, and they'll put the strap right back on me, and that hasn't happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think that he kind of is working his way back up, but kind of I get the sense that maybe he feels like he's more entitled and shouldn't have to.
1: Okay. Well, here's a question for you, okay? Obviously, our next match, we see Sheamus defeat the World Heavyweight Champion, the big show by disqualification, Okay. Who would you have rather seen in this match then? Because I know your love for Big Show is as much of mine as McFoley. Would you rather have seen Sheamus versus the Big Show? Because by all accounts, it was a good match. Or would you rather have seen Sheamus versus Randy Orton?
0: I would have seen. I would have rather seen Sheamus versus Randy Orton.
1: Oh, I thought you would have said, like, because Randy Orton's boring, but then I thought, well, <laughs> if he hit the big show, I thought it will be a trick question, and he'll say, yes, I would have preferred this, but... Um, were, you, were you pleased then by how I, Obviously, you know, it's a lot harder for me to say how good this match was, because... Survivor Series, obviously, whenever it's on, you know, I catch the replay or whatever, if I'll try to stay up live for it, like with um, the one prior to this... Um, Whenever I watched it in you obviously one, um, it was a lot harder to stay awake for. So it was. Um, was that what was the last pay per view before this? I hit. <laughs> uh, Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Yeah, so my, you know, like I was trying to stay up for it, and I was just like, you know, there's always a match where you kind of fall asleep, like Chris Hill fell asleep through this match. I was trying to stay awake, but towards the end, <laughs> kind of woke up. Um, obviously, in this one here, we got the ref bump, you know, bro kick to the head of Scarlett Armstrong. Um, and then Seamus goes nuts with the chair and then obviously outside the ring people are chanting we want Ziggler because they think Ziggler's going to cash in I think that's maybe why they did it in the aisle so it wasn't in the ring because right, he would have had the to ring. drag
0: him all the way back to the exactly. ring
1: exactly yeah, and he's not the lightest of people let's put it that way <laughs> um, the big show but um, that obviously teed up then the TLC match which we'll talk about later on but um what are your uh, with you not liking the big show so much? What are your thoughts of him as a, a champion? Is it still a case of big show just go away, or is it like uh, uh, is he entertaining you? Or what are your thoughts? I
0: don't have time for the big show.
1: <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say I don't have time to answer that question. <laughs> hey, but
0: on, on the contrary to that, this I thought was a pretty good match because. I thought the big show did a real good job with putting Sheamus over even though you know technically sheamus won by disqualification um but if you look at the way the the match was booked it really it really made sheamus look strong mm-hmm. um you know the 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 fact that that uh sheamus could could get him up for the white noise I mean you know it, it showed that sheamus was super powerful um it gave him. See the difference between Seamus is that there's not a whole lot of people that are bigger than him that he can work with to kind of be the uh the David to a Goliath. It's really only the big show uh, you know, and, and Mark Henry are really the only guys that could kind of dwarf Seamus. So yeah. when when Seamus is working other matches and other feuds, he's the big guy. Where here, um just the way that the match went along the fact that um, just the physicality of it uh, I think really was well for Sheamus. I think Sheamus is as much as I don't like Big Show as the champion um, I think that this feud works better with Sheamus kind of chasing as opposed to being the champion so just simply for that um, I'm okay with Show having uh, having the belt here because I think that it makes for a better story Um, I like the fact that we really got back to seeing Seamus in his like psychotic side, where you know, kind of how when Seamus first came in as a heel, he kind of like tore through everybody.
1: Yeah, Um, that's something I think he missed, and something he needed to get back was kind of that you know that edge.
0: Right, he was too nicey nicey as as a face. Um especially after you know being you know like you know beaker's cousin and <laughs> all, all that kind of all that kind of thing, I think it took the edge away for Sheamus, and I think that's what sheamus needs um i think Seamus need i mean i think sheamus really needs to be um on that tweener side if not a heel you know full fledged um if he's yeah. gonna be a face, he kind of needs to straddle he kind of needs to straddle the fence there. Um, and not be so super nice and nicey, hey there fella kind of thing. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Kick you in your arse big show. Oh, God always oh, makes me laugh at. Um, yeah, I mean I enjoyed Seamus run as a as the champion, but I felt that he was booked in too many of the same matches. Right. You know, like I like I said earlier on, you know, like how many matches of him and del rio did we see and now we're getting you know we'll probably get the big payoff at the tlc match you know him against the um big show again you know so that's the third straight pay per view in a row um i think with the likes of you know seamus he kind of needs as we've said you know like he kind of needs to change it up maybe this is something now we're going to see with the chairs. now, one thing that made me laugh was the fact that he could use, like, loads of chairs on the big show and hit him with 18 or 20, or <laughs> according to WWE 31 shots. But all it takes is one bro kick um, to knock him out. And i like, okay, right, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I... Um, it was good the way it ended, you know, the whole referee thing and then Big like, Show shouting at him going like um saying, you know, like for the world title, you dumbass and,
0: <laughs> I you bad. know,
1: trying to bleep him before he actually said anything. So yeah, fun. And then we had the last match, which was the WWE Champion CM Punk um, against John Cena and Ryback for the Triple Threat match. Obviously, Ryback before in Hell in Cell had been screwed with the whole Brad Maddox thing, which I hope just fades into obscurity because this guy looks like he has zero personality, and uh, I don't know whether, he, whether there's going to be a CM Punk stable kind of thing, which we'll touch on in a minute. Um... Thoughts going in this match, Mike? Did you think Punk was going to retain, or did was there a genuine threat with both Cena and Ryback against him?
0: No, I don't think that. I don't think that Punk is going to lose, in you know, over the next couple of months, because um, I think they're definitely going towards the Punk and Rock at a uh, at Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I didn't think that there was any chance of him losing here, which is kind of why. Like I said, I think it might have been better to have him in a match where the title wasn't going to be defended anyway because I don't think that anybody realistically believes that he's going to lose. I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they want to get him... Um, what's it, uh, Who's next in line? Cena's next in line? Or no, uh, Savage, I think, is next in line.
1: Yes, um, he's already over... T- yeah, it's... Savage, which he's already overtaken, so then Cena's above him. Right, above so above th- Savage. I
0: think that they want to get him to a point where he is um, above uh, above Cena, and then who's it? Pedro Morales, I think, is next with like a thousand and something days. I think. They yeah, w-
1: I think after that, you know, there's no mission. You know, yeah. like of you know, there's like Hogan San Martino with like three thousand days or something like that. Right,
0: so I think they want to get him to that point where he can be, um, you know, the the longest reign in modern history. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where they wanna wanna go with that, um, and I think the writing's on the wall for that. So I don't think that too many people actually believe that Punk was gonna drop the title here, um, and I think that there were, it, they had been pushing it for so long about you know he, he's coming up on a year, uh, he won the belt at the last Survivor Series, and you know I didn't think that there was really any shot of him uh, of him losing it here. I think this was more af- about Ryback. Um, and seeing what he can do uh, in the main event. I know we had him in the main event of the last pay per view, um, and that was the whole you know streak. Uh, you know, nobody's no uh, nobody's beating him and all that kind of stuff. And then they have him lose on the cheap shot, uh, on on the groin punch and whatnot. But yeah. I think that this was more about seeing if Ryback can carry his weight against you know the top two guys in the company.
1: Okay, um, and, uh, and I think not- he did well. Yeah, I was gonna say on that, what are your thoughts of Ryback? Obviously he's pretty much a newcomer, um uh, you know, was on the very first NXT, so obviously you have the likes of you had quite a lot, you know, like from you had like you know, Justin Gabriel and, and this thing, you know, like and obviously you had Barrett and now you've got you know, who was formerly Skip Sheffield, you know, who was um You know, on, as I say, the first season of NXT, so what are your thoughts on him as this um, Goldberg slash Ultimate Warrior of the modern day? What are your thoughts on Ryback?
0: Um, I like Ryback. Um, I do think that he's got the rocket put under him a little bit. I think it's a little too soon for him to be where he is. But right now, the roster seems to be so thin that they need to have somebody else at the top that's Mm -hmm. not John Cena, that's not Randy Orton, that's not, you know uh you know sam punk's been up there for the last you know 18 months or so um i think they just need another face at the top um i wish that they had a little bit more time to kind of develop him i am glad that they had him lose because i'm um, the whole the whole goldberg uh streak comparison was kind of i didn't think was really fair yeah um so I'm glad that they didn't just you know keep extending that um, you know to where he was you know 50 and 0 or 60 and 0 or, or, or something like that. Um, like I said, it's a little too fast because he was going. He pretty much went from he pretty much went from doing handicap matches against jobbers to boom, he went right into a, uh, like a a mini feud. It looked like he was going to feud with the Miz over yeah. the Intercontinental Championship. Um, and then I guess something happened, and they changed they changed the plans because they had him squash the Miz, but not for the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then boom, they launched him pretty much, you know, unsolicited right into this uh, into this main event picture, going in, yes. going into Hell in the Cell. Um, but as far as the way he's been carrying himself, I think that he's doing well. I think that he, I think he really made a name for himself in this match um he looked really really strong um i think that they booked it right uh for him to look strong against uh super cena <laughs> you know um see the only thing with 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 this is it's a little bit of irony um with with ryback being skip sheffield and kind of how the match ended you know cuz he was kind of involved in, in a similar thing before um yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, he was he was part of that whole thing. But um it was good to see that um I did like the fact that they didn't have him take the pinfall. Yeah. Um and he did look super strong when Cena and um and Punk put him through the announce table. Uh, and he was kind of he he was down for like 10 minutes or so um mm-hmm. until finally uh finally there at the end he he jumped into the uh into the fray and broke up the uh broke up the pinfall and was you know getting ready to win the match himself until uh until we had the interference
1: yeah so yeah so a lot of people are on Twitter were going on about you know Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns. um I'll be honest uh I've heard the name Seth Rollins I uh, hadn't heard the other two names, so I can't comment on them, but I know a lot of people were are very high on Dean Ambrose and were saying you know like apparently there's all these new people now I are saying that they love Dean Ambrose, and you know these people have followed him since. Way back when, and it's like big whoop, you know, these guys now have made an impact. Um, I know you haven't watched Raw, but if you were to call these people three people, um, a name like a stable, what would you give them? What would be the name that you would think of, Mike?
0: Oh, uh, um Nexus Part Three? <laughs> I no, the, know. <laughs>
1: no, they're called The Shield, really. That's their name is The Shield.
0: That's terrible.
1: <laughs> no, I. Um, somebody there was a podcast I listened to, smart wrestling fan, and he came up with a great idea. Obviously, these guys kind of wear like the black, like um, long sleeve tops. What if they are in the ring at the same time, as CM Punk, and they take the shirts off and they're wearing "I'm a Paul Heyman guy" t-shirt underneath them? I think that is an epic idea. If no, it's I think done that would be right. Good. You know, if they did it with him, them and they did it with your man Maddox as well. And they are all in cahoots with Punk and Punk again has a stable, you know, to try and help him hold on to the belt as long as he can. Um, see, so
0: see I hate that though, because he doesn't need it.
1: <laughs> I know he doesn't e I know he doesn't need a mouthpiece. I mean he he, always, need,
0: he he always seems to have it it seems like they can't book Sam Punk without a stable mean, um, you know, they had you know straight edge society into the
1: right, yeah,
0: and, and as much as I like uh, I, you know I love Paul Heyman, I'm a big e c w guy um, and, and everything that Heyman does is gold, and I like him being with punk, but the fact that he he, he doesn't need a mouthpiece. he was doing he was doing so good by himself i mean in in, in all honesty, I think that he's probably behind the rock. The, the the best on the mic that they've ever had in the WWE
1: mm-hmm. so
0: I don't I I guess it kind of works with the new heel persona um, because even like at the beginning uh, um, he was kind of always you know take on all challengers and kind of thing um, beforehand but now he's he's got that um, I don't know the, the, the typical heel trying to avoid uh, trying to avoid matchups and whatnot even at the beginning of this match he was doing everything he could to stay out of the ring and to stay away from, you know, uh, getting his hands dirty and, and stuff like that. Um, so I, I guess maybe it works a little bit on the heel side of it, but um, I just wish that they would just let Punk be Punk. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't need to be uh, in a stable or the leader of a stable or or anything like that.
1: Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I think, you know, like obviously he's proven time and time again that, you know, like his gimmick is the best in the world and it's not just wrestling ability, it's talking ability, you know, like if I, we'll talk, touch on later on, you know, like Mike's thoughts of the CM Punk best in the world um release from WWE. Um but he's somebody that doesn't need to be paired with anyone. Like obviously a lot of people are saying that if you know, a lot of people were saying that when Ric Flair comes to WWE, he'll be paired with Ziggler because Ziggler's away from Vicky and I. That's all way I'm being, but I well, think not really, is, if
0: you see the way that they're booking this Ziggler Cena thing,
1: yeah. But that's what I'm <laughs> th- thinking is, I like, you know, Ziggler's great in the microphone, but we haven't seen the return yet of Jack Swagger. So why can't? rick flair be with somebody who needs it because jack swagger is a great technical wrestler you know like one of the best but unfortunately like shelton benjamin they don't seem to recognize that and you know like he's terrible on the microphone it's not because of his lisp, he's just terrible and why can't you put, put somebody like rick flair or paul heyman with that guy you know do that instead of just letting him constantly flounder and do nothing you know because i think if he would had maybe paul heyman or rick flair whenever he was world champion i think that would have been a lot different you know and i think his championship reign would have been a lot more well received and a lot better than it than it was in my opinion
0: no i i agree with you there i think but i do think that when you see Ziegler come back hopefully he doesn't have that stupid ass haircut <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think you're going to see him come back as a face uh, I, to be honest with you that's the feud I would like to see is have him come back and feud with Antonio Cesaro
1: well that's obviously where they seem to be going with them saying that you know like Cesaro saying that he's beaten every American right. that has been in, you know and then you're going to get the all American American come back and then bang there you go
0: yeah so. with him being the all American American I think that yeah. kind of fits right in there.
1: Yeah, it does. Well, you know, that's fantasy booking, so whether it actually happens or not, you know, we can you could talk all day about what you want to happen in the world of wrestling, but whether it actually does happen or not is another kettle of fish. Um, but overall thoughts in the pay per view, Mike. I mean obviously you had to spend was it sixty odd dollars for these?
0: Yeah, fifty five dollars.
1: <laughs> As said with great disdain there. And, and um, <laughs> that's why I don't get them all. Yeah. Um, was it worth the money? Were you pleased with it? Because I know a lot of people were not particularly happy with the Survivor Series um, card, you know, because there was matches that weren't announced and that kind of thing. And then we're kind of debating about it. But you know, whoever yeah, purchased it, myself included, thought that it was a good show.
0: Yeah. All in all, I thought it was a pretty good show. Um, I was extremely happy that we got a bonus Survivor Series uh, five and five match. Mm-hmm. Um I liked that um I liked the you know the Team Ziggler and Team Foley match. Um, again I a, any match with with CM Punk in it is a good match in my book. So I thought that the triple threat match at the uh at the end there was 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 good. Um, I I liked uh, the further development of Ryback. I thought that it cuz they need another person at the top and I think this really did loads to continue to push him that way um even the uh the Sheamus big show match I I thought was good for the uh the development uh of Sheamus um mm-hmm. as far as even uh as as much as I'm not a huge fan on uh, on the truth side I think that even that match wasn't wasn't that bad as far as the work in the ring so yeah. I thought it was pretty good the the one thing that I wasn't too happy about is um I'm not a big fan of pushing uh storyline on pay-per-view so the whole AJ, AJ thing and, yeah, yeah that that I could have done without um although I, I thought would. it was pretty funny uh with the Ricardo's burrito thing
1: and uh, <laughs> the JR thing <laughs> the Brodus Clay whenever I At First it. I
0: didn't even think that was Brodus Clay. I couldn't yeah. tell what I couldn't tell what that was.
1: <laughs> I think it was the glare from Vicky and the the poor photoshopping that had gone on there as well it was just terrible. But I could really um,
0: do without this whole John Cena AJ Lee uh, this this whole thing. If you want to push uh, a, a feud with Dolph Ziggler and John Cena, I don't think you really need Vicky and AJ in, involved in it. And I like the fact that Ziggler was kind of separating himself from from Vicky, but now it seems like he's right back he's right back in with with, with Vicky here.
1: Yeah. No, I I agree with you. It's just a case of you know, should I put this delicately? There, eh, those two are kind of in bed together, whereas you know, obviously they're talking about um, Cena and um, AJ being in bed physically. <laughs> you know, um, so it's a case of wh- why can't you just let it be? Um, they don't need to drag storylines out like that for so long. You know, it's still going on raw, um, and obviously now. The only good thing that's coming off it is this whole Dolph Ziggler-John Cena feud. Um, Which I'm actually interested in seeing. Yeah, I know the likes of um, Alan, Healy and Chris were at the house show whenever they were over here and said that that was one of the matches and it was probably the best house show match they've seen. Um, the, the the two of them just work well together, so you do see that in Raw. But I think it's obviously, um, something that you're going to see at TLC, um, with a stipulation or whether it's just a basic one-on-one match. I'm not sure. Um, but, um, we have to wait 19 days, eight hours, and 53 minutes at the time of recording for TLC. Um, so there's three matches announced night, which was. In, Intercontinental Champion Kofi Kingston versus Wade Barrett uh, CM Punk versus Ryback in a Tables Ladders and Chairs match and Big Show versus Sheamus in a Chairs match um, do these matches grab you or again is this just kind of a case of you know it's just the same kind of matches we've seen before but with added stipulations and is there any matches like the Cena uh, Ziggler match you would like to see added on to this mic
0: um, well, I'm interested to see the uh, the Kofi and Barrett match because I actually like both of those guys. Um, I'd like to see Barrett get the title. Um, I know we've talked before about Shot and that Intercontinental title around um, and how much it, how much more it meant when Cody Rhodes had it for the 200 and some odd days. Um, but I think that having it on Kofi, Kofi's not going anywhere any further than where he's at. He's never yeah. going to be in the in the main event picture. Where I think that Barrett really could use this as a launching pad to move himself up. Um, like we talked about, maybe have him get into you know maybe six months down the line, um, be in a in a world heavyweight feud with Sheamus or or something like that. Um, I think that that would do uh, do well for him. Um, it's no shock after seeing the uh, the Survivor Series match that we're going to have Sheamus and Big Show in a chairs match. Um. <laughs> yep. <laughs> with the way that that all went down, um, Punk and Ryback. I don't know how much further I want to go with this because I think that the way that I would do this, um, and go bear, bear with me here. Um, okay. We've got three more pay per views before WrestleMania. Okay. We've got TLC. Then we've got the Royal Rumble. And then we've got Elimination Chamber. The way that I would go with this is I would kind of make Ryback run because uh, I'm I'm only going to assume that the quote unquote the shield is is <laughs> is, is going to be you know kind of um, e- even with the way that they were dressed they were all dressed in like security officer uniforms and stuff like that. Um,
1: it reminded me of the big boss man attire, if I'm truly honest with you. Just the the get up and stuff just reminded me of that. As long
0: as we don't have any matches involving Chihuahuas. We'll be all right. Um, <laughs> I would maybe have him run the uh, run the gamut. Maybe have a uh, a TLC match versus um, no Reigns, and then maybe at the Royal Rumble have him face against Ambrose, and then uh, at Elimination Chamber maybe he has to beat Seth Rollins in order to get the opportunity to face Punk uh, at WrestleMania. You know, something some, yeah. something like that. Um, I would kind of maybe start keeping you keep the feud alive. Um, but kind of in the back burner, where they're not, where they're not touching. Mm-hmm. I think that would maybe make for more of an interesting feud. Um, kind of put a twist on things. That's the way that I would probably go with uh, with Punk and Ryback, because I think that there is going to be payoff, um, but I don't think it's right now. I don't want to see Punk and Ryback for the next four months.
1: Yeah. Well obviously this'll be this should be the last pay per view that we see, obviously if Punk um wins this and then he'll be meeting the rock at Royal Rumble. Um, which obviously then obviously we're going to have to do a Royal Rumble one because this is probably the most excited that I've been for Royal Rumble because this then will show me matches that I will be seeing live and in person at Wrestlemania I don't know why I'm hitting my fist (laughs) with my hand but anyway it's just I'm really excited, obviously Wrestlemania is the one pay-per-view that I will endeavour to stay up for but this year, I don't need to because I will be staying up for it, but it will be at a different time, you know, like it'll be like 7pm instead of, It won't be 1 of, o'clock know. in
0: the morning for you.
1: Yeah, exactly, so um, you know, yeah. Royal Rumble is something that whether the, um, myself and the four people from um, the Northern Ireland Wrestling Connection round table um, will watch together, I'm not sure it's a possibility but um, I'm looking forward to it Royal Rumble um, is probably my favourite pay per view um, obviously last year's one was probably one of the worst ones because Foley was in it um, <laughs> that man just needs to stay away from the wrestling ring because he just can't wrestle Um but Foley seeing is him good go, <sighs> Foley is anything but good. That would be my sign of WrestleMania. Foley is good and just it's just a wee arrow and then anything but and just put above it. Um, you know we all have our different tastes. You know that's what makes us all unique. I just never like McFoley. I actually said to Alan that one thing I'm going to do before I go to WrestleMania is to watch McFoley's DVD and kind of. See if that hatred kind of dies down to just a mild disliking. I don't think it will, but well, I, I can give across, it a go. We
0: were digging out the Christmas decorations uh, the other night and I came across uh, both of his books. I was thinking about sending them to you so you could uh, see. It. I've
1: already read Rescue Lane because I bought it for a friend for Christmas. And then give it to her with, like, you know, just like a rubber glove on there. Here you go. <laughs> um, But no I wouldn't you know I wouldn't read his books his books are way too big for a kick off you know I've read Rock's book which was good I've read Angle's book I've read Jericho's first book I need to read his second book Um, and you know there's things like that so but anyway I digress (laughs) because we're talking about Mick Foley and it's making me angry Um, so obviously Mike um, unfortunately you couldn't make it whenever I was talking about the same Punk um, DVD it was something that you wanted to cover with us so with me, you know, like to do it together. And unfortunately our times just couldn't match up. So while you're here, what were your thoughts on the best, probably the best D V D from WWE in the world?
0: Yeah, it's right up there with the Stone Cold one, um, as far mm-hmm. as being the best. Um oh, I just I really, really enjoyed it. Um it gave such a good perspective into You know where he came from and and what he is today he had a you know a poor family life um his parents kind of really weren't there for him um you know he told a story about his dad you know picking him up and getting sick in the car and and all that kind of stuff um and then to see and you know he went to go live with his friends you know and kind of they kind of adopted him as one of their own and then to see you know uh towards the end of the uh towards the end of the dvd where he was kind of taking others under his wing, um, and kind of trying to be the uh the, the father figure to them to help them in needs. Um like um oh who was I? I can't remember who was he, uh but he um he was in he'd gotten into some um one of the guys that was in the Straight Edge Society, I can't remember his name.
1: Oh, um Joey Mercury. Yes.
0: Uh Joey Mercury yeah. where um you know he had gotten into um a, a bad drug habit and some really bad financial troubles and he was going to lose his house. Uh, and, and whatnot, and, and Punk uh, told him, you know, hey, you know, I'm I'm going to buy your house, uh, and you know what that really meant to uh, to Mercury and and that kind of thing. Where he said, you know, you know, I don't know if you know if I'm CM Punk's best friend, but he's definitely mine.
1: I think as well. Whenever he said about you know, like it wasn't, you know, like a four or five figures it was seven figures, you know that Punk you said I'm buying your house and paid seven figures for that, so that just goes to show you know like if i get homeless mike you know you can certainly do the same thing for me by my house that's fine you know i know you're generous and all um but yeah i totally agree with you on that you know i thought that was very nice and moving and you know whenever mercury even said that he thought that you know it's not something that punk would probably want to hear people talk about you know that kind of thing right
0: um i I thought it was i really because I've watched some ROH stuff but not stuff that's, you know, so far back um and, and to see that footage, you know, you know with with um with him and uh, Samoa Joe even. I was actually surprised. I think that might have been just a little bit of a twist of the knife to TNA that uh that they got the rights from roh to use the footage that had Samoa joe in it but uh yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah i thought that was weird it's like oh there's joe in the wwe dvd what is going on with the world
0: <laughs> um but to, to to see just kind of where he came from and how he developed um and uh just basically he was already using that 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 infamous uh promo that he did for the WWE, he kind of had already done that uh once before in, in the ROH. Um, the fact that he signed his WWE contract, you know, on uh, on the ROH belt. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. It it really made me think that, you know, he might be the last great indie worker that uh, yeah. you know, because that, that's kind of where everybody, you know, back in the day came from. They all kind of made the circuits around doing all the independent shows and stuff like that. And, and mm-hmm. you know, getting um, getting the notoriety around the different territories and stuff like that. But it's not really... Well, sure,
1: sure, if you look at it now, you have Seamus, who was... Who was he? Was he Seamus O'Shaughnessy or something like that or something of Shaughnessy? And then you had, obviously, Daniel Bryan. And um, then you had... Oh, who was the other dude that was talking? Chris Hero, is it? Right. That was on the DVD, you know. You've got him who apparently is a fantastic indie worker, but it's not. It's not like you say, you know, like a, a R.O.H. I know of. I've seen maybe a match or two that maybe have been on people's DVDs, but it's not something that I'm personally invested in or interested in, you know.
0: But I mean, it, even even now, you've got like the likes of Tough Enough, and like you know how you know the way the Miz came up, and you know, mm-hmm. you, did, you know, even the Rock because of his family and the way that it was, they didn't have to go around and kind of earn their stripes through the different territories, yeah. you know, where, like, you know, um, you, you hear the stories, like, even on uh, Edge's DVD, where he said, oh. you know, basically, <laughs> they, had, they had to pay more money to wrestle than they, than they got paid at the end of the night. You know, yeah. they didn't really have that kind of hardship. Um, and it seems like Punk might be the last, um, the last one of those guys that is, like, now, a, you know, a major, major player.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah, because it cause you had the likes of Daniel Pewter, you know, like <laughs> who won tough enough. Sorry, I was trying to say that without <laughs> it laughing, but you know, he he won tough enough, and then obviously the Miz was his main rival. And you look at the Miz now; you look how much he's come on, leaps and bounds, right? You know, from that, and even like
0: uh, even like the likes of John Morrison, you know, we got him through tough enough, um, and
1: Boogie Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming to get you.
0: But I, I thought that the the DVD did a really a really good job. Um, it was also nice to see how a certain match, you know, uh, you know, Punk versus Colcabana, uh, Punk versus Chris Hero, <laughs> that certain promoters would just say, "I want that match," and you know, it, it kind of like was an underground thing where. Um, Superstars in WWE, kind of, they you know they had heard the buzz of what was going on around the independent uh independent scene and kind of wanted to see you know what all the buzz was about. Even even John Cena was kind of like you know didn't really think that it was you know yeah he had heard the buzz and whatnot, but didn't really think that it was going to be much of anything that it couldn't live up to the hype and was uh, was surprised when he actually saw CM Punk compete and stuff like that. I I did think it was pretty funny that he kept uh, continually taking um, taking shots at The Miz. Uh, and and then they actually interviewed The Miz, and The Miz had, like, really complimentary things
1: to say about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that
0: was pretty funny. Um, it was nice um, to have a little bit of light shed on the whole lead-up to Money in the Bank, where... Mm-hmm. His contract was running out, and obviously, you know, you read the dirt sheets, and you don't know how much they actually have the truth, and and you know who's kind of leaking information here and there. But the fact that CM Punk pretty much said that going into the day, you know, he was still planning on walking out of the building and and not coming back, and that yeah. he didn't sign his extension until halfway through the you know halfway through the pay per view.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know that really. It, it sheds some light in the fact that he was willing to stand up to Vince and basically, uh, you know, put his foot down for what he wanted. He kind of felt that he was being mistreated and you know not being you know not being allowed to do what he wanted to do. Kind of like when uh, Vince pulled him in and said, "You know, we've got a, a challenge for you."
1: We, we <laughs> yeah. want to see
0: if you can be a heel, and he's like, "Is he, right, eff-
1: is he effing with me?
0: <laughs> what, 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 yeah. what's the challenge? You know, give me uh, yeah. give me X amount of time, and I'll be the best heel you've ever seen." And that's kind of what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just goes to show that you don't necessarily have to be the uh, you know, and I, I'm not really trying to take a shot at John Cena, but the quote unquote company man in order to rise to the top you know you can be that scrawny guy that nobody really you don't have to be the big muscle bound he-man lookalike in order to uh you know in order to really get over because in all honesty punk should not be at the position that he's in based on his physical stature uh and and whatnot um he really has made the most of what guys before him, like Randy Savage and you know, uh, Shawn Michaels and Jeff Hardy, as much as people don't necessarily like to, uh, you know, to, to give Jeff Hardy too much praise, but they really are the guys that laid the groundwork for the smaller guys to main event. Uh, yeah. And I think that Sam Punk has really made the most of that, and in my opinion, he's the best thing going right now.
1: Okay, so in short, um, enjoyed the DVD then?
0: No, I hated it. I mean,
1: yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was no, It's it the a-
0: best DVD that I've seen. Uh, you know, it's right on par with the uh, with the Stone Cold one, and right above the Rock and the Edge one.
1: Okay, um, one that I got from Silver Vision, um, a review copy. I'll just go over briefly was the NWO, the uh, Revolution one, um, which. Um as much as it was a good DVD, at the same time, um, it it rehashed a lot of the old stuff from the NW back and black, you know, like you had. Obviously Scott Hall is in no shape to be on any DVD you know at the minute unfortunately Um, so they used like a lot of him talking Um, you had a lot of the Hogan stuff from back then as well Um, a lot of the old footage you know you'd seen Mysterio getting lung darted into the side of the wall Eric Bischoff talking about that you know saying that was so real in fact that you know somebody called the police you know down to make sure you know like it wasn't like gang warfare or whatever Couple of surprising things, though, is obviously Kevin Nash is talking about um, the NWO, you know, how it came about and all and all this here. But two surprise people that may blow Mike away would be one is Lex Luger is actually talking on this DVD. He's a great um, show. <laughs> he really isn't. <laughs> and the other one is Vince Russo.
0: I'm surprised that is they. I'm if... surprised that they had him do anything for them.
1: Exactly, and especially so quickly after being fired or let like, go or whatever from TNA. But um, it's a good DVD if you're a fan of your, you know, like probably the greatest, you know, the greatest stable that there ever was. But then you have the like and stuff talk about how it used to spiral out of control. You had have Ted DiBiase talking about how he was brought on board to be the mouthpiece and then kind of was replaced later on from by Bischoff who wanted to be the mouthpiece and wanted to be involved with it um, you have Dusty Rhodes who I didn't even know was part of that um, group um, and then just who whenever it came back to the WWE kind of was watered down and um, you know then I I think it was like Shawn Michaels part of it and then Booker T and then there was whole Booker T Goldust which they didn't go into but I thought they would have because that was so hilarious um, was Goldust, you know um, Booker T being in bed with what he thought was a woman but wasn't and that kind of thing Um, but it's a good DVD the only thing is is that if you're buying it buy it on blu-ray i was given the dvd but apparently the blu-ray has you know the way they do like the round table thing mm-hmm. um there's like jr there's like a full round table thing just um based on the nwo and they're just all talking about the nwo so apparently that's where um we actually um get like you know with blu-rays obviously you get like 70 minutes or whatever of extras so with blu-ray is the way to go Um, I have been given Brock Lesnar's one to watch but haven't got around to watching it yet it's pretty much the same as the one that were released in like 2002-2003 and the next big thing one it's just uh, got some bits on it that must be to do with his return and his time in UFC but I'm sure that they'll be very limited of what they could show you there And um, that's about it. I haven't been given anything else, really, that I haven't reviewed because I've already done the majority of the ones there. Um, So that's about it. So, um, Mike, is there anything else you'd like to talk about or um, wrestling-related?
0: I'm just looking forward. I mean, I know everybody says that the Royal Rumble is the beginning of the, uh, the road to WrestleMania, but it seems like in recent years Survivor Series has kind of replaced that they kind of started things a little earlier so i'm just excited to see how uh how tlc leads into the royal rumble and see what kind of uh storylines and whatnot uh develop from there
1: mm-hmm. um yeah i'm um, it's definitely something that we'll need to talk about next year once the royal rumble is about to happen or after the royal rumble you know like our thoughts on what we can see happening um, going into the Elimination Chamber and then obviously the Elimination Chamber to Wrestlemania and then obviously meeting up at Wrestlemania which still seems weird to say <laughs> that you know like this it'll be a time where for Alan Mike and I will be meeting up with each other and obviously with Mike's good lady too and I'll be bringing my good lady that's probably Alan <laughs> podcast husband and wife you know be um, suit. no no uh, <laughs> God, it's near dinner time here and I've suddenly lost my appetite. Um, But um, before you go, Mike, obviously, as always, um, we like to promote stuff that we work on. So, Mike, is there anything you would like to promote, sir?
0: Absolutely. Uh, For all of you Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans out there, um, come on and take a listen to What the Shell, which is another podcast with me and uh, my good friend, Chris Bent here, along with Sweeney Halleck and Dylan Cook, where we... Take a look at all things and anything Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, recently, we've been going through bi-weekly and doing reviews of the new Nickelodeon uh, cartoon. Um, doing uh, every, uh, every, other, uh, every other week, doing two episodes at a time, and that's been a good time. Um, if you haven't been uh, keeping up with the tune, take a, take a watch and then find the corresponding episode and listen to what we have to say about it. We are on uh, Twitter at TMNT Shell. We also have a Facebook page, which is Facebook slash TMNT Classics, and uh, come take a listen.
1: Cool, and based on wrestling, obviously myself, Alan Price, Hilly uh, Stewart and Chris Hill all form the Northern Ireland Wrestling Connection. We actually have done our first roundtable discussion, which was in five parts. Um, initially I was trying to get it in a couple of parts, but for some reason my phone decided not to do that. So I had to bring it under 15 minutes each. I didn't want to put up an hour-long video because I don't think anyone would sit through that, Um So, if you're on YouTube, just type in. uh, You could type in Northern Ireland Wrestling Connection, or if you want to subscribe to our channel, it's capital N, capital I, then lowercase um, Connection, and then in capitals again WWE. Um, You can also follow us on Twitter. It's capital N, capital I, Mania Twenty Nine, and there you will have all the links of all the um, YouTube videos that we do, etc. So. Um, that's pretty much going to do it for us so um, thanks very much Mike it's been a blast to talk to you on something that isn't Turtles related for once (laughs) so again thank you very much for coming on and
0: um, hopefully it won't be so um, long in between episodes from now on
1: yes hopefully not you know like I freed up a day next week for Mike just so we could sit down and podcast and Mike's already got plans for a different day so (laughs) already it's gone the pot so um, again thanks very much Mike and thank you for listening and until next time
0: You've worked hard all your life, but then you get injured by a table, ladder, or chair. It's all too common. Hi, I'm WWE superstar and high-powered attorney, David Otunga. If someone you know has been wronged by a table, ladder, or a steel chair, you need to come see me at WWE TLC. Tables, ladders, and chairs.